Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. We have a new member on the Thunder roster, Spee Mihailuk, and he'll be joining us on the podcast today so that you can get to know him a little bit better. Plus, Nick and I are recapping the Thunder's incredible comeback victory over Memphis and setting up the first road trip of the second half of the season. Let's get to it. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. We are so excited now to be joined by the newest member of the Thunder roster, Spee Mihailuk. Spee, welcome to the podcast. More importantly, welcome to Oklahoma City and to the Thunder. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, first things first, being in the practice facility for the first time, had a workout today. What have been your first impressions of the organization since coming from Detroit? Oh, it's been great so far. You know, pretty uh, pretty good welcome. Love to hear so far. Everybody's good people, uh, great organization. Uh, I feel like trying to get to know everybody right now and trying to get to know the city, trying to get to know the team and, uh, you know, we'll move forward from now. And Detroit hasn't play, faced the Thunder so far this season, but from what you know about this group and this team, what have kind of been your thoughts about, you know, the group that you're about to join and play alongside this season? Uh, great, great group of people, great group of players, mainly, mainly young players. So, uh, you know, just moving in here, I feel like I'm same age as almost everybody on the team. So it's going to be not, not that hard to get in and fit in. And, uh, you know, like everybody's saying here, that's how I feel that hardworking group, everybody uh, trying to play together. So I feel like it's going to be a great time for me. See, you've carved out such a unique path. Not many players in the NBA come from Ukraine. Uh, will you just take me back maybe to your childhood in Cherkasy and, and just what that city is like, what it was like for you growing up there? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if anybody been to Ukraine here or uh, overseas, but, uh, you know, it's way different than America, two different sides of the world, two different cultures. So pretty simple, pretty simple city. I, I would say you need to go there to experience it, but uh, it's kind of different, but I loved it there and I love it here. You knew from a pretty early age, it seemed like that you wanted to come to the United States. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but but you went to Kansas when you were only about 16 years old. Will you tell me about that process and, and kind of how you knew you wanted to come to the United States for college and then arriving on a college campus at a young age? Yeah, uh, yeah I always wanted to go to America and, uh, you know, especially go play college. So I decided that and, uh, you know, just go going there and uh, experience it, everything with my own eyes. Whatever I've seen in movies, I feel like that's always like a move for me. So it was a great experience, and I feel like it was a great choice for me to go to college and come to America. Yeah, I, I read a story uh, about you and, and Devontae Graham just being so close uh, during your days at Kansas. And obviously, you all, you all made runs uh, deep into the NCAA tournament. Tell me about your time there and then ultimately getting drafted into the NBA. Best time of my life. Just going there, experiencing it, uh, playing for, I feel like, the best program in the nation. Playing in the field house, best experience of my life. I could do it, I would do it again. But I'm here now, so I can't complain about that. And, uh, you know, it, it was great just uh, going there and making connections, making new people, uh, meeting new people. So I feel like it was it, it was great. Yeah, just up the road now from from Lawrence. You're not too far away here in OKC. Not too far away, yeah. <laughs> Well, Speed, let's talk a little bit about your game so that our listeners can kind of get to know you a, a little bit better. You've been kind of established as a sharpshooter in this league. Shoot, shot 40% last season from the three-point line, but you've really developed your game overall. Is there any aspect of your game, any particular aspect that you're particularly proud of and one that you've been able to grow in your three seasons in the league? Uh, I just try to grow everything, every aspect of my game. Since everybody knows I'm a pretty good shooter, i got to uh, make my other parts of the game uh, better. So I don't depend only just on shooting and, uh, you know, trying to play wide and, uh, you know, 
make right plays all the time, uh, play hard with the effort and not selfish. I feel like that's the main ones. And Coach Dagnold has, has talked a lot about kind of the blank slate that everybody that comes into the organization receives. There's no prior judgments or assessments made. You just come in and, and you show what, what you're made of. How valuable is that for you coming into now your your third organization in the NBA? Uh, it's, I think it's really valuable, especially for a young players, you know, coming in here, uh, you know, just develop your game, grow your game, show what you can do, play hard. And, you know, everything depends on you. And if you aren't selfish, play hard good person I feel like you can achieve a lot here one of the things that we've seen with this Thunder team so far is just balance offensively ball movements really been zipping uh, a high percentage of the made shots coming off of assists how do you feel your game it seems like can fit in with that mentality passing moving without the ball and shooting on catch and shoots I think can fit in pretty well because like you said everybody moving the ball well everybody selfish I don't think anybody cares who scores. Everybody's trying to win. So it was the main thing for team success. And, uh, you know, me coming in, trying to try to fit in and do whatever I can to help the team win. And I feel like it fits my game. And I feel like I can help the team win in this position. Svia, I do want to ask, I mean, we've talked about it. You've been part of several different NBA organizations. This would be your third in three <clears throat> years. Um, what excites you the most about this new opportunity that you have here with the Thunder? First of all, just being a part of a Thunder team and, uh, you know, just getting a quarter play. I feel like here, like I was saying before, it just everybody just play hard, everybody excited about playing. And uh, for me, just come in and impact the game any way I can and just win games. Well, Speed, this has been tremendous for us to get to know you just kind of a little bit better. And for our listeners as well, we're really excited to see you out there on the floor. And thank you again so much for taking the time to sit down with us. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks so much, Fee. Looking forward to seeing you out there. Appreciate it. Before this team heads out on the road for their first road trip of the second half of the season, Nick, they capped off their homestand with quite the win on Sunday. It was the second half of a back-to-back, the second straight matinee tip-off. They were missing a few key starters, four to be exact, but none of that. This is a no-excuse mentality team, and they were able to pull off quite the performance against the Grizzlies. And Nick, you put out an article. There were some incredible, incredible numbers that went along with that game for the Thunder to walk away with a 128-122 win. Yeah, before we dig into the stats, Paris, we just got to talk about the energy. First of all, the approach. These guys were on the third game in four nights coming back from the All-Star break, had a tough loss at home, didn't really have anything working against the New York Knicks on Saturday in a matinee. Bounce right back, another 1 p.m. Central Time tip-off, and they had that spark and that burst that you need for the entire 48 minutes and were able to really close this game with a huge charge. A lot of times you'd see second half of a back-to-back, third game in four nights. Those legs would get a little bit weary in the second half of that game. It was the complete opposite. Absolutely. And you had a different starting lineup. And I think this goes to show exactly what Coach Dagnall wants for this Thunder group. It's a playing style and a mentality that transcends whoever is on the floor for this Thunder team. So you have Shea Gilgis-Alexander back into the starting lineup for the Thunder. He sat out the day before and he starts alongside Alexei Pokashevsky, Moses Brown, Ty Jerome. And then you also have Justin Jackson in that starting lineup. And mind you, 
three of those starters had just played in the OKC Blue with the G League in Orlando, got some really valuable playing time there, and have been so productive for the Thunder during their time back on the Thunder sidelines. And Nick, just like you mentioned, they really came out and showed a lot of resilience because the Grizzlies, they scored 30 points through the first three quarters, 30 points or more through the first three quarters. It didn't seem like they were missing a lot of shots. They were shooting at a really, really high clip. They built up a lead as much as 12 points, and that didn't stop the Thunder. Relentless as ever, they just kept pushing. Yeah, just taking into consideration, first career starts for Ty Jerome and Moses Brown, third career start for Poku, the guy that that was only his 20th game played in the NBA. And this is a team that just hung in there, took punches, were able to complete their 10th comeback win of double digits this season. That's tied for the most with the Lakers this year. That's really, really impressive. Uh, And another well-balanced offensive attack that helped them just stay in the game. You know, you have seven guys in double figures. Shea was the one that kind of led the way. He had 17 points after halftime, nine in the fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. two incredible three-point shots that really helped break the backs of Memphis after the Thunder had made that charge and, and had that flurry of threes in the third quarter. And you think about guys like Darius Miller who have hardly played at all this year. He's still on that return from the Achilles injury. No problem. He comes in, buries a couple of threes, does an incredible job of just filling in, finding his role. One of the threes was a four point play, just incredible stuff amidst that flurry that the Thunder had in the second half. That second half stretch, the one you're talking about, it was so impressive because the Thunder they just seem to be feeding off of each other, right? It was like three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer, consecutive possessions. But on the other end of the floor, Memphis kind of seemed to be able to match every shot with a shot of their own, which kind of kept the game even at that margin that was already there. And so it really took for the Thunder to start digging in on the defensive end in order for them to pull ahead in the fourth quarter. And Nick, let's talk about this fourth quarter because it was a furious fourth quarter for this Thunder squad. They were shooting the lights out and then like I mentioned they started to dig in on the defensive end but where it started and I want to talk about this with you is the the lineup that started that fourth quarter and it was Alexei Pokashevsky essentially acting as the primary ball handler in a lineup full of bigs. Point Poku we saw it down in the G League bubble as he's running pick and roll with him and Moses Brown. And these are just the types of experiences he's going to continue to layer on top of himself mm-hmm. in order to flex some of those muscles, figure out what his deficiencies are right now, figure out what his strengths are, and how he can continue to refine those skills as a playmaker. Uh, Poku, as Mark Dagnall said, he took two steps forward yesterday. We anticipate there are going to be some steps back over the course of the rest of this season. There's going to be some more strides forward, too. These are the types of things that we can be encouraged by, though, to recognize he is making those incremental gains. In the big picture, look at the the overall growth trend. It will be going up. There's a litany of statistics he hit, too, some milestones. And I think in the moment, we're all about celebrating those things, right, as we understand that he will continue to have some of these natural ups and downs in the course of a 19-year-old season. But he was the youngest Thunder player to score 20 points in a game, the second youngest NBA player ever to hit five threes in a game, uh, and one of three Thunder rookies to have a 2010 game. These are all just really cool stats to, to throw out, and, and, not, and not garbage stats either because they came in a win. What stuck out to me about all of this was, you know, you, you throw these stats to him in your post-game walk-off interview on Fox Sports Oklahoma, and he's talking about his teammates. 
He's like, yeah, my teammates believe in me. And when you have teammates like that, everything is great. He is just so not really focused on himself and his own numbers, which I think is just indicative of kind of the culture within the entire Thunder organization as a whole. But he's, he's very much, you know, thinking about what his teammates have been able to do for him and how, how much his teammates are able to kind of set him up on several of those plays. I mean, obviously he had a few where he kind of generated himself, but he, he was thinking about his teammates and thinking about how this was really a group effort to get the job done. That's uh, something that we've continued to hear from him all season long. He was really gushing about his teammates with the blue when he was down mm-hmm. there and just the way that the, they welcomed him in. It was a, a new environment. Those guys had been sort of prepping together in some ways. And then Poku and some of these other players, Josh Hall, Moses Brown, Ty Jerome, they all go into that mix and they've got to figure out how to work themselves in. Same thing happens when he came to the Thunder at the, in the first place then comes back to the Thunder as kind of a different player. You know, he, he's gotten that maturity, that confidence. And not that that stretch down in Orlando has transformed him completely, but you can tell the game has slowed a little bit for him. It's not quite so rushed. He's feeling a little bit more confident. He's a little bit more sure of himself with the ball. All of those things are a product of that those relationships that he had with teammates with the Blue, the relationships he has with the teammates with the Thunder, and the tutelage of both coaching staffs, which are really tied on a string so that his development plan can be worked forward with equal pacing, so to speak, with the Thunder and the Blue. And he's able to have that relationship and it kind of shows on the court as well with kind of how he was able to orchestrate that offense as the the default point guard in that lineup. He was making great plays, making great reads, great decisions, showed a lot of poise and composure. And my favorite, it's always going to be my favorite thing is whenever he's playing alongside Moses Brown. I mean, they're two seven footers, Pokus and the, the ball handler position in that pick and roll. And we saw a few really good plays between him and Moses in that sort of situation. It's just great to see that he is able to kind of take a step back for himself and see his development that isn't going to be linear. That's something that Coach Dagnall has said all season long with every single player. We heard him talk about it with Darius Baisley as well. Development, development isn't going to be linear, but he's really leaning into every aspect of his game that he can continue to improve upon. And we're starting to see some of those things click in the games. And it's been really fun to watch, particularly in this Memphis game with some of those stats that you mentioned, Nick. There's some more stats in this game that really stuck out for this Thunder squad. We talked about the three-point shooting. Nick, just go through a couple more of those stats because they were pretty eye-popping. Yeah, the highest shooting percentage from behind the three-point line for the team all season long. Um, That was an incredible one. And just uh, continued emergence of this balanced offensive style, right? So this is the third time this season that OKC's had seven players in double figures. We mentioned Poku. We mentioned SGA, who had some some daggers. We mentioned Moses Brown, who got into double figures in, in scoring as well. Paris, I got to imagine, just thinking about you as a point guard, what it would have been like to not only have a guy, at, you know, have somebody, a teammate at seven foot two to pass to, but to be seven feet tall and find those pocket passes. I mean, that just blows me away. But anyway, just, just getting into Moses Brown. I mean, this is a guy going up against Jonas Valanciunas Mm-hmm. In his first NBA start, he did foul out. But what I love is the energy and the activity. Moses Brown, and that's something we've talked to Poku about Moses. And when we talked to him about him, he's like, Moses is such a hard worker. 
And that seems to be the theme with Moses, with every person that you talk to, is that he works so hard. He has such a high motor. We heard that from Grant Gibbs as well with the OKC Blue. It's just, he's always going to bring this really, really high energy to everything that he does. And that shows itself with how he is able to, as Coach Dagnall said, roll out of bed with eight rebounds every single day. And he's able to really kind of get his hand on nearly every offensive rebound that shows itself in a game. And the funny thing was, Coach Dagnall pointed out against New York, it was interesting to see how many bodies they dedicated to Moses on the offensive glass. I mean, it was only his second game back from the OKC Blue in in Orlando, but word had gotten around in the league that this guy is a monster on the offensive glass and you have got to take care of it. Right, and those bodies that were being thrown at him were veterans like Taj Gibson and players that are physically imposing. So this was a, a great opportunity for Moses over these last handful of games to match up against some of these guys for sure he's going to have some struggles he's going to have some learning experiences he talked about defending a guy like Valanchunas in the post who is extremely burly Mm -hmm. uh, very physical and Moses recognizing as he has in his time that his activity level his constant moving of his feet has got to be the the top priority there to to try to make those catches for Yunus Valanchunas and players like further out on the court and get those those uh, angles limited when possible well, we talked about Moses. We've talked about this starting unit. Nick, I've got to talk about the reserves. These guys have come in for the second straight game and provided such a massive contribution to this Thunder squad. And last night they put up 46 points. You had three different guys off of the bench scoring double figures with Kenrich Williams leading the way with 17 points off of the bench. Just massive contributions for them stepping into the game and providing exactly what the team needs. One thing I got to say, you said that these guys, you know, came off the bench again, but you're actually wrong. Scala and Darius Miller did not have not come off the bench in quite some time. In fact, this was this was both of their first appearances since the the All-Star break. And so those guys had played in, you know, over 10 days, potentially two weeks. I'll need to go back and check and see exactly when Miller played last. But uh, that's really impressive that those two guys, they combined for 19 points. They hit three threes combined go six of eight from the field combined and just get in and find areas of the floor to knock down shots. That is the hardest thing to do in this league, Paris, is play 15 minutes, come in and go three for four. I mean, you only get four shots and to be able to knock down three of them when you haven't really been in rhythm, you haven't played the last two games. And that's what these guys do. They are professionals. That's why a guy like Mike Muscala, Darius Miller, they're veterans in this league. They've played hundreds of games. And this is what they're trained to do is to be able to go in knock down shots when called upon and hold up defensively the way that both of them did. I don't think it's really possible to describe just how difficult it is, but it, it it's, goes back to staying ready so you don't have to get ready, right? The Breakfast Club, they pour in a lot of intensity and a lot of effort into those workouts for this very reason, so that when their number is called, they're ready to go. But Nick, I was actually wrong on two counts. So <laughs> Darius Miller and Mike Muscala hadn't come off the bench in quite some time. Isaiah Roby was in the starting lineup the night before. And this time he's coming off the bench as a reserve and he still comes in and provides a tremendous amount of energy filling in at that five spot, the four spot, the three spot at some times, just doing whatever the team needed, put up 10 points, shot three of four from the field. It's just, you know, it would be easy to, you know, feel a little dejected, you know, not being in the starting lineup 
after you had just started the night before, but it wasn't about him. It wasn't about what he could get out of it. It was about what the team needed. And you can see here putting up some pretty impressive numbers. And I also have to note, Mike Muscala was the only player out of the reserves who didn't score in double figures, but he had eight points. So it was one bucket away. There you (laughs) go. One thing about Isaiah, and if you look at the guys that came off the bench, no point guards. And so Isaiah assumed a larger ball handling role, which is interesting for a guy at 6'8", who's really... I mean, kind of build as a center or, you know, undersized center um, power forward. He did turn the ball over quite a bit, but those are all growing pains of exploring his game. Is this a guy who, as we've seen, has some handles? He dropped Nikola Vucevic on the floor earlier this year. He's had some high flying escapades in transition in the open floor. Can we put him in some situations? I mean, they cleared out for him on a couple possessions and try to see if they could isolate him against a, a, a bigger defender and see how that went. It didn't always go great in this game uh, against Memphis, but now they've got something on tape. Now, they've, now they're able to go and show him, hey, here's some passes that you may have missed. Here's some driving angles that you may have missed. And without that, as Mark Dagnall would say, they'd be sitting there in the summertime wondering, can Isaiah Roby put the ball on the deck? And now they don't have to wonder. Now they know, okay, here, here are areas where he needs to improve on that. Here are areas where actually he can really excel uh, with these types of moves, with these types of defenders in front of them. That was really the theme for the entire game on Sunday. I mean, when you're down four starters, Coach Dagnall said before the game, you know, this is an opportunity to explore the roster, to explore and see what our guys can do. So in the summertime, like you said, we're not wondering these sort of things of what they can or cannot do. And so we're going to explore. This win was born out of that exploration mindset. And so now you have the best situation possible where you win and you learn at the exact same time. And there is so much that this team can take away from this game. And individually, these guys on their individual development tracks have all taken a step and against some really strong competition. I mean, you, like you said, Jonas Valanciunas, John Morant, Dylan Brooks. I mean, these are, these are high caliber players that the Thunder's going up against. A lot of young players are going up against, and now they have film that they can go back on and learn from and take further steps in their individual development plans. Well, like I mentioned earlier, the Thunder now hits the road for a four-game road trip. It is their first road trip of the second half of the season, and the first one will take place tomorrow, Tuesday, against the Chicago Bulls. That'll be at 7 p.m., but then from Chicago, the group will go to Atlanta for a tip-off against the Hawks, and then they come back kind of towards Oklahoma City. They play the Houston Rockets. That's a 1 p.m. tip-off on Sunday. And then they go kind of back out to take on Minnesota on Monday. So a little bit of a a strange road trip for the Thunder, but it should be interesting to see them in action, their first road trip of the season, and some pretty good opponents. Yeah, they might fly right over top of Oklahoma City on the way from (laughs) Houston to Minnesota. But this will be a a great opportunity. I mean, we've seen now all of the drop ad. There have been players that have rested on second nights of back-to-backs like Al Horford. Some ad uh, ad drop in terms of players' availability. Lou Dort, Darius Baisley. We'll see what their uh, situations are. We've got a newcomer in Svi Mihailuk. And we're going to see how all of these players fit in, right? And that's what the Thunder has done all season long. They're going to just work their way in. They're going to 
be connected on the floor. They're going to try to play team basketball. And the cool thing is uh, to get this road trip started off, they've got a Chicago team that they've already played three times this season, twice in the regular season, once or twice in the, in the preseason, once in the regular season, very rare to play an Eastern conference club that many times in the same year. So at least a familiar foe right off the bat. That's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to Speed for joining us today. Thank you so much to our producer. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.